0: Good
1: morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
0: And I'm Jake Sherman.
1: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, President Joe Biden's Let's Finish the Job, State of the Union. Number two, three surprises in Biden's State of the Union speech. And number three, Investigation Nation, What to Expect in Today's House Oversight Hearing. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top of Punchbowl News AM looks uh, deeply at the number of times and how Joe Biden used the phrase let's finish the job as kind of a mantra throughout his state of the union last night.
0: Yeah, um it was a um a, a state of the union that was mostly um aimed it seemed at at touting the um the achievements that the Biden administration has had so far, the what they see as achievements and um trying to position the job is undone, which every president does to, to a certain extent, right? And I mean, that's not particularly unusual. Um, but uh, he said, "Finish the job." More than uh, I think eight times during the seventy-two minute address in the House chamber. Um, and I, I mean, listen, w- we know how this ends, right? He asked people to finish the job. If he doesn't, fi- if they don't finish the job, he lays it at Republicans' feet because Republicans are the majority in the chamber. So um, it was a. I a pretty also a pretty rambunctious speech in the sense that the um republicans shouted and jeered him i mean it's actually amazing because remember back during the the in the healthcare speech and i get i think it was tw- 2009 or 2010 um, Barack obama talked about was talking about healthcare joe wilson yelled you lie and it was a huge deal. I mean, there was there was, you know, outcry. Yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Green and many other Republicans were up jeering biden calling him a liar and no, nobody batted an eye so kind of amazing how politics has has turned in the last decade
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think what was interesting though is you also saw a real comfort by biden i mean he lived a lot last night uh which i thought was interesting um you know didn't shy away wasn't cowed by you know mtg or others who were you know kind of uh, it was almost like a back and forth call in some of these in, in some instances uh, in a way that is um is just it's an interesting you know as a creature of congress Um, he, it really, I, I I think his posture seemed very confident, uh, in what had happened over the past two years, um, and confident in, in laying to your point, uh, if, if, if Republicans aren't interested in working with him, laying this any, you know, any reasons that they aren't able to do things at Republicans feet. Um, you know, I, I thought that was an interesting, interesting point just in terms of his body language.
0: Yeah. And, and also interesting. And I didn't see this cause I was in the chamber last night, but I've caught some clips this morning. Um, Kevin McCarthy's body language um he seemed to clearly know that or he's let's put it this way he's been around for enough state of the unions to understand that the speaker the camera's on the speaker the entire time and he I got messages from people Republicans and Democrats who were saying is he on some tranquilizer or something but I mean his his face just looked he he was um Emotionless. Let's put it that way. Um, and I, I thought that was an interesting, um, an interesting kind of posture for McCarthy. One, one, one. Yeah, uh, a lot of big moments. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of big moments. You know, uh, and we could talk about all of them. I, but the the uh, Medicare debt ceiling entitlement moment was probably the biggest of all of them. Um and I I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. I thought the whole I thought the whole thing was interesting and it's usually and it's usually uninteresting. I mean, you covered, <laughs> yeah, you and I have covered a lot of these things. They are very newsless. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? It's usually but you know, I I thought um having been through COVID now for however many years, two years two full years, three years, whatever it's been. Um this was like a throwback, you know. There were the place was brimming with people. Former members of Congress were there. Uh, two former uh, justices were there. Uh, the gallery was filled to the brim; just every seat was taken. Near our gallery, um, uh, the periodical section of the of the press gallery, there were people sitting on the stairs. It was like a fish show, you know. Well, yeah,
1: it all comes back to fish, really, folks. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> You listen to this podcast long enough, he'll get that thrown in there. Let's
0: fish bagels and coffee, and that's basically where I'm at.
1: Let's move on to the number two story of the morning: the surprises. Uh, and I'm going to start with this because I actually um, I I thought this was fairly surprising. Um, Biden really leaned in, Jake, to the economy in a way that. You know, I'm not. You know, it's 3.4 percent unemployment rate. Sure, it's great, but there is a lot of folks who don't think that uh, the economy is going well. That if you look at a lot of the polling, um, you know, he spoke about it at length, uh, and I thought that was noteworthy in so much as there was a lot of expectation that he would be hitting on other things that he didn't um, as much. Whether that's the debt ceiling, whether that's certainly a speech very light on foreign policy, but the fact that he went in so aggressively on the economy worth worth noting
0: yeah for sure but there were also other um a a, a slew or a host of other provisions economic related economy related uh positions and and proposals that have less than a snowball's chance in hell to (laughs) to uh to get passed. upping the tax on stock buybacks from one to four um that's never going to pass congress a billionaire minimum tax not going to pass congress in any way that i see um and as Brendan Peterson notes in this terrific item, um, junk fees got a, a very high billing. Um, bank overdraft fees, which several many banks have tried to have either eliminated outright or um, have gone a long way in eliminating also interesting um he mentioned two things that we don't mention the newsletter anna but i'm gonna mention because i think they're fascinating or i don't think we mentioned them in the newsletter i didn't see them um resort fees at hotels i I, I have to say i'm for this anna perked
1: up on that no in that moment i i recently asked a hotel about this (laughs) and they there was no actual perks it was just fees
0: yeah like you know you check into a hotel that you don't think is a resort <laughs> and certainly doesn't look like a resort, and you get a resort fee, and you're like, What is this? What am I? If this is a resort, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Uh, also fees to uh concert ticket fees. I mean, this was like a very um, uh, these were. Uh, you know, I felt like these were these are economic issues that people kind of understand. You know what I mean? Certainly like, after
1: the Taylor Swift ticket debacle. Um, you know, this is. I'm surprised they didn't. They didn't. I, at least I didn't hear the his staff put a line in from T Swift. That would have been something.
0: Yeah, but the, the other thing, he, he, I'm looking at the speech right now. will make cable, and internet, and cell phone companies stop charging you up to $200 or more when you decide to switch to another provider. Those fees, like it's like. Um, that I I, I kind of think that's um will prohibit airlines from charging up to fifty dollars round trip for families to sit together. I, as someone with a family, I've never paid that, but but I, I I can't imagine he's making that up. Baggage fees are bad enough; they can't just treat your child like a piece of luggage. I mean, this is these are those aren't really partisan issues those are kind of i'm listen i'm sure the airline association has a has a thought about this and i'm sure the concert providers do and the cable and internet people i'm sure there are reasons that they have for these fees but these are things that are just like i, I have to imagine if you pull these issues anna you are talking about a a 99.9 percent issue among uh among the general public
1: And also just interesting, I mean, kind of taking it to just one layer deeper and then we can move on, which is, you know, to your point, like that is, it's not these kind of policies that people don't understand, right? You're not talking about billions and trillions of dollars necessarily like he, I think, in this speech at at, at those moments was able to kind of bring it down to a human level to to your point that everybody Feels those and, and and kind of is outraged by a lot of a, a lot of those kind of simple taxes and fees that that come we come across in our everyday life
0: yeah and, and i mean yeah listen the billionaire tax is something that you could find i'm sure there are republicans who will say that it's complete bs and i i get that but um these fees are just kind of they are probably again 99.9 percent uh uh Issues with the general public.
1: All right, let's move on to the number three item uh, this morning. Our very own Max Cohn, who covers oversight and uh, in investigations for us, has a strategy memo uh, looking at House Republicans and how they are hauling former Twitter employees in front of. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee today, marking the new majority's first hearing on Hunter Biden. Uh, Of course, Oversight Chair James Comer, the Republican from Kentucky, uh, is going to be leading that committee hearing uh, and is the first step in a series uh, on on what they believe is protecting speech from government interference and social media bias.
0: Uh, Yeah, this is a... I would I would say this is the um, the first salvo. <laughs> we could say that for sure uh, in the in the um, Hunter Biden canon. I think we're going to hear a lot about Hunter Biden in the next two years. Um, and uh, interestingly, the we have three former, um, four former Twitter employees, three Republic three people that are being hauled before the committee by Republicans and Anika Collier Navaroli who is a former Twitter employee and whistleblower um, that will be the Democratic witness. This is, uh, yeah, you have to imagine you're going to hear a bunch about just the um, the effort to suppress, in Republicans' view, the Hunter Biden laptop story, which, remember, a lot of Democrats called uh, Russian, mis- Russian misinformation. This is going to be something that we see uh, uh, a lot of in this Congress and something that, by the way, the Senate, Republicans and Democrats are at their day-long retreat today. McCarthy is speaking, Kevin McCarthy is being at the Republican one, um, so the Senate will be quiet today, but the House will be um, House will be all over things. All right. Just a quick note. Last night, Jake, we had a great event, the New
1: Washington, uh, which was a, a, a fun event in partnership with Arnold Vent- Ventures, bringing together uh, a lot of staff members, downtown folks and others uh, to mix and mingle and kick off the 118th before the State of the Union. Hope also that everybody enjoyed the Bowl News punch list uh, and our bingo card for all of the different phrases and uh, that we expected uh, President Joe Biden to use. Uh, that was a ton of fun. And a final note. I have a lot of notes today. Uh, I am going to be interviewing Kathy McMorris-Rogers, the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee, at 9 a.m. this morning. You can watch that virtually by signing up for the event at our event hub at Punchbowl News. Uh, And you can sign up for our free newsletter. That's the best way to find out and dig a little deeper on everything Jake and I talk about every morning at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.